0: Hi, this is Christian Duenas, producer here at Heat Rocks, with just a quick note about today's episode. Morgan's audio got corrupted in the export, so I stitched together the backup and her normal recording. Um, So the first about 10 minutes or so are from the backup. All right, and on with the show. Hello, I'm Morgan Rhodes. Oliver Wong is out this week, and you're listening to Heat Rocks. Every episode, we invite a guest to discuss an album that's fire, flammables, an album that bumps eternally. Today, we are back with another Take Two segment, where we do our deep dive on two iconic albums from an iconic artist. This time around, we're digging into the discography of the one and only Mary Jane Blige. Today, we're discussing the 1999 double platinum seller, Mary.
1: Things that money buys. All I need is there in your eye. I just need your heart next to mine. All my whole life. You
0: By the time this recording airs, we will be 24 hours past the announcement that Mary J. Blige has been nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame one of four black women alongside Shaka Khan, Dionne Warwick, and Tina Turner to be considered this year. What do they have in common besides excellence and legacy? The fact that their first commercial recordings were all released 25 years ago. But today's heat rock, Mary J. Blige's self-titled John, was released in the last year of the 90s, August 17th, 1999, just eight years after her start as a young signee to Uptown Records. And on this album, Her fourth studio album, Big Things Abound. Big covers, like hers of Michael Jackson's Can't Help It. Hers of Stevie Wonder's As With George Michael. Hers of First Choice's Scorcher, Let No Man Put Asunder. Big royalty. The queen of hip-hop soul meets the queen of soul on Don't Waste Your Time. Big strides. After well-documented relationship with KC, they reunite for not looking. Big features hers with Jada Kiss on a track I love called Like Sexy, and A Big Ass Deal, Deep Inside with Elton John, Give Me You with Eric Clapton, and of course All That I Can Say with Lauren Hill. And all that I can say is, I sort of get why the BBC would refer to this album as, quote, widescreen, end quote. To me, these tracks are the needle drops in a film about Miss Blige, a woman on the way to being an icon, a young woman who's become well-known for letting us all know what the 411 is, on life in the business, life as a celebrity, as a black girl, a lover. We've come a long way from my life. if you look at my life you'll see what I see sadness too. Sure, maybe life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough, shouts to Woo. But that's life, it is what it is, and I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better, so much better, shouts to Marvin Sab. This album is some parts cinema verite with its patented realism, but also some parts rom-com about Mary J. Blige falling in love with herself. It's a journey that carries her over chords, under strings, and around beats, where she is immortalized on the cover art, black and white, where both her beauty and scar share equal space. On deep inside, she says, I wish that they could see that I'm just plain old Mary. Yeah, we see you we feel you, and have determined that plain old Mary is an icon, and this album is a hate rock. With me to discuss both of these Mary albums is Naima Cochran. I came to know Naima Cochran through social media and the threads of her online scholarship, a weekly gathering of minds and edges called Music Sermon. Clearly concerned about the legacy of Black music and what we know about it, Naima represented for R&B ingenues and trailblazers, celebrated duets and bands, songwriting and production duos, beefs and R&B voices, and mixtapes, and sacred albums. This former music executive and manager had us in mind, especially the youths, reminding us that the kids should be all right where sonics are concerned.
2: Naima Cochran,
0: welcome to Heat Rocks.
2: Morgan, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that introduction. That was lovely. I'm gonna borrow some of that.
0: <laughs> indeed and indeed. So we always ask at the beginning, and we'll, I'll ask you twice since we're covering two albums.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. What was your introduction? to Mary J. Blige?
2: I mean, my introduction to Mary was Mary's introduction to music, period. Um, she's she's my era. I, I was in high school when What's the 411 dropped, and um, I had first heard her, as I think the world did, on um, uh, Father MCs, If You Do mm-hmm. For Me, uh, and doing background vocals. I didn't know that was her at the time. I didn't, I, we didn't, as much attention back then to who was a featured artist, background vocal, etc. I didn't even notice her in the video until a couple years ago, really. I, I will say that now I don't keep up with Mary's music to the same extent as I did then. But for that first multi-album stretch, like that first decade, I, w- I was in with her lockstep as I think anybody in my peer group was at that time.
0: Agreed. I, I, I had similar experiences. I came to know her also in 1990,
2: mm-hmm.
0: also with Father MC, mm-hmm. I'll Do For You. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember that song because my homegirl just got, in like, a real fresh black Nissan Sentra. And y'all was bumping, B- bumping. it. strong. <laughs> so strong.
2: Shout out to the Nissan Sentra's. I had a little burgundy oh. one. They were, that was the young ride. That was the young the ride. Sounds were, the sounds were yeah. good in there. She had the humps in there.
0: <laughs> they were good. And, uh It was a gem and she played it so strong. You know, I was watching the video uh in prep for the chat. And like you, Naima, I didn't notice Mary at first either. And then Mary came mm. through with a little two step. I was like, there's our girl. Mary's in the building like, so,
2: so little baby mary like a little baby mary yeah, youthful
0: mary like such a baby mary yeah. A little mushroom you know what I mean Yeah. Uh, so so yeah that was my introduction i want to revisit 1999 because we're talking about mm-hmm. the album mary of course that's when that's when that came out let's talk a bit about what else is happening in music that year so let me just name check a few of the albums that were big in r&b that year so that mm-hmm. we've got destiny's child writings on the wall
1: the club is full of bottles and their is full of bombs. And all you fellas leave your
0: room with her friends. Cause it's 1130 in the club. Uh, Mariah Carey's got Heartbreaker that year. Give me, 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 me so okay. you like When you smile at me. Yeah, uh, Missy right. Elias, The Real World. Five, 85, to the mic. 95, miss it wild for the night. 105, I'ma keep the crowd high. Say my name. And also, Macy Gray has on how life is. I know you're a veteran music executive, spent a long time in the business. Mm-hmm. Take us back to 1999. What's going on with you that year? What are you marketing, promoting, huh. and also what are you listening to in 1999?
2: So in 1999, I was an intern at Bad Boy um, my second year, which is actually like a, a good little pairing for <laughs> the merry discussion in a way. Um, but on the, and, and I was actually just about to leave Bad Boy um, to go back to school. I still had a year left in school um, because I was still determined that I was going to go into entertainment law. But from the landscape perce- perspective, sitting on that side, we were still in a stage of Black music where You know, the commercialization of Black music was growing. The mainstream rise of Black music was still growing. Um, We were going into the pop and B portion of R&B, which is what you saw with Destiny's Child and before that with um, TLC's Fan Mail. Um, At the same time, Neo Soul was also about to come into its mainstream moment. You know, Voodoo debuted the top of two thousand. So you had R&B going in a bunch of different directions like that list that you just mentioned runs the gamut from traditional R&B to a more pop leaning R&B. So I think that really informs what we hear with Mary sonically, because Mary started that R&B and hip hop marriage beside Jodeci in a way that transcended what New Jack Swing did. Right. So she got that kind of started and we weren't even see- and she was more of a traditional R&B songstress but this was a rawer less formulaic Mary on this album and i think it's because of the fact that there was such a wide breadth of sonic experimentation happening in R&B at the time
0: Where does this album rank for you in terms, of, Ma- uh, in terms Ooh, of Mary albums, in terms of your faves?
2: I think, depending on what day you catch me, <laughs> if you had asked me two days ago, I would have said it's my, fa- it's my second favorite Mary album. But because I, re- I revisited What's the 411 <laughs> before we tape, I'm going to now rank it as my third um, favorite Mary album. But I think um, it, it is definitely top three um my life is number one it will always be number one that will never change but um but I really think it is criminally overlooked and under discussed Mm -hmm. in the Mary catalog Mm -hmm. like seriously so I I revisit this album or at least some of the songs on the album semi-frequently I was kind of getting into the neo soul movement a little bit so it fit in that rotation between my regular R&B and my neo soul so I definitely let it rock a good little bit. I don't remember for how long, you know, we used to live with albums for a year or better. I don't know if I gave it that, but I gave it a little bit of time.
0: Don't let go whole time. I just want. One of the points that I was trying to communicate uh, during the PopCon panel is how much Mary J. Blige means to black women and the reasons why. The reason specifically for me is the ways in which we see ourselves in Mary and how much we feel seen by Mary through the lyrics and the fact that Mary, the name Mary, is so relatable. We all know a Mary.
2: Yeah, we all know a Mary. We all got an Aunt Mary, a Cousin Mary. That's it.
0: There's biblical Marys. Church,
2: somebody Mary. That's yeah. it.
0: So <laughs> yeah. it is straight yeah. relatable. This was before the time where people would be like, "What is that a symbol? What is that name? What What are you calling yourself right now? Um, A lot of this album is so honest and transparent. Not, not that she hasn't been that way before, and we'll discuss that later. Right. But this is a different level of, of honesty and transparency. This is a different level of maturity. And one of the songs for me that's that where that is most present is uh, Deep Inside.
1: I don't have a lot of friends and sometimes I have to wonder is it cash they see when they look at me cause they're looking for a ride that's free. So I may
0: I mean, that just gives me chills listening to it now. First of all, Benny and the Jets, Nelson John. That's a whole other
2: discussion point. Shout uh, out to them for clearing that sample. That was an investment. Yeah, man. <laughs> For sure. So you know your label believes in you.
0: <laughs> right, right. And you know you're <laughs> yeah. big because Elton John, I was yeah. looking at the EPK and we'll discuss this a little bit later too. But Elton John's mm-hmm. in the studio and he is juking. Like he loves, I oh. mean, he's going in, they're sitting everybody's head bumping. You know, it's your typical, as you well know, being in the business as long as your typical studio environment. And, yeah. then, there's, and then there's Elton John, who Which is, is amazing.
2: <laughs> who like, is first of all, the fact it. that your wits are Elton John. Yeah, that's just amazing. Yeah. How about yeah. that?
0: He's like, I'm going to bless the sample. I'm also going to play pianos on this to give it that extra. Right. Um, but a lot of the way uh, we revere M- Mary has to do with this level of honesty that's always been present. Mm-hmm. But on this album, there are things that she says about herself that are not cryptic. Um, this is almost like I have already processed these emotions and I'm just going to impart this wisdom on you. Take, take, do with it what you will but these have been, these have been processed. Um, anything that stands out to you about, or anything that you want to add about how we see Mary and our relationship with with, with Mary's revelations, if I could Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, one thing that was really stark to me about this album is that the stories that she was telling, like you said, she's always told relatable stories, but it's almost like she fleshed them out a little bit more on this story. So even starting from I'm in Love, um, I think that I think that's the title. I mean, you know, black people making up titles. Um, <laughs> but uh, which was a which was a single, but I can't remember what order it came in. But I even remember the video. The video was like half illustrated, yeah. half regular, and she's like walking on. You know, she's like in the air and doing all this other stuff. But it was just such a. I still love listening to that because you have like live horns and you have strings, and it's just so. Um, it almost feels like spring. Yeah. You know, like a, like a spring expression of like that really just like genuine love, like not a, not a toxic love, not an anything, but like, this is what, you know, real love feels like. When I
1: reach and touch, your hand.
2: But then going to the love I never had, which I also love, which is also like a realization of, y'all, I'm tripping over somebody who wasn't mine in the first place. And and they're just like kind of grown, real grown ass takes on, you know, love and heartbreak. And I I think that stood out to me is that it it was just like some more in-depth storytelling to me.
0: We talked about, um, we dedicated uh, a flower bomb night to Mary J. Blige. And when we were talking about it, I was trying to drive home the fact that she's been in the business for, you know, at that point, 28 years. And I yeah, kept I kept bringing that up about the 28 years because it's so it's significant.
2: Nobody does it.
0: Nobody. So I wanted to ask, there are a number of reasons why I'm glad that um, I get to discuss this with you. But I want, yeah. wanted you to just sort of weigh in on what that sort of tenure means for a black woman in the business. That's the first part. And the second part is... I'm a tried and true West Coaster. Everybody knows that from me. I'm a quintessential L.A. girl. So my other question was going to be, what does Mary J. Blige, I know what she means to me. I know what she means to Black women, but what does she mean mm-hmm. to, to New York?
2: Okay, well, to answer your first question, um, Black women having a sustainable career in music is challenging, period. I think I think we all know that um, because there are your, there are artists that you know, that you love, and they may still be visible and they may still tour and they may even still record, but take a look at how long it's been since they were on a major. Take take a, you know, think about how long it's been since you heard them get radio play. Um, Mary is the only artist I can think of that has had, with the exception of, I mean, well, she actually debuted years before Beyonce, so she's outpacing Beyonce, that's had a major label career with regular radio play Mm -hmm. for the entirety of her career. She's not had to go independent. She's not, you know, had to take a long break and come back with like a whole new, whatever, like she's consistently recorded, released. And actually not only just the only black woman, she's the only, I'm going to, I'm going to dare say she's the only um, artist anywhere from around her era besides Usher, who is a couple of years after her, even though they're not direct contemporaries who has had major label support Regular releases, regular radio support for that long, and and I think that's it's remarkable because first of all, fans are fickle. Yes, um, we pl- we play like we're loyal, we're not at all. <laughs> um, fans are very fickle, but Mary fans love her. She headlined Essence two years in a row, the last two Essence festivals that we had. You're headlining Arena festivals two years in a row, you know, and and and, and that might and it still like her third time in four or five years. You know, so it's like, and 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 everybody's rocking with her every time. We've all seen the show. We've seen it a bunch of times. We know what Mary's gonna do. We know what she's gonna sing, but they're still locked in and engaged um and love her and support her. And so I think that just I think that her tenure is 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 remarkable in and of itself. But the reason she's been able to do it for so long is because She has maintained that connection with her fans and she has maintained that vulnerability with her fans. But also because I think that Mary is an artist who has for herself and and who people around her have made really great choices in terms of the material they ask her to put out. I can't think of a single Mary song where I was like, why Mary did that song? Like, I can't think of a single one. And with almost every artist, she's always like, I don't really know if I needed her on that. But I've, I can't think of a single time that with Mary, I was like, she didn't have to do that. I can't think of a single one. Like, from day one, Mary has been paired with excellent producers, excellent tracks that fit her and her sound. So I think that's a large part of it. The second part in terms of what Mary mean means to New York Mary is representative of every Black woman over 35 who grew up north of 110th Street in New York City. Every, I can take you to a hole in the wall in Harlem on any Friday and Saturday night, and you got four women minimum doing that Mary Bob, <laughs> with some heels on. And some leather on and the whole like Mary it like we know her we literally know her like she's out here all of it we know her and her sister so I think that it's she's so reflective of 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 women gen x women I'm gonna say from New York she's so reflective of women who were in the streets in that era, in that era the fly girls you know what I mean like those girls who came up they was on the block they would they were dating d-boys or not or whatever you know they were just they were outside they went the skate key they were hot you know like she's so representative of this era and this um archetype of new york city woman who they don't really exist anymore like they're you know we have more people who've moved from other places the kids don't run the streets like we did back in the day uh you know rightfully so <laughs> um the city is much more homogenous than it used to be but Mary is like she is uptown. She's a, up, She's a black girl from uptown. She she is. She just is. She's that. She's the poster child for that. So she is. She's us.
1: Is there something that you wanna tell me? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm believing what your friends say about your hidden secrets. And girlfriend, she wasn't disrespectful.
0: Generally speaking, when it comes to self-titled albums, that's usually the first one. It's interesting that Mary would wait till the fourth one to release an album called Mary. Just a question for you. How do you think releasing a self-titled album as your fourth one, how did that sort of serve Mary's image or what was going on with her then?
2: I think it is a very powerful thing to do. I'm always interested in when in their careers artists choose to do self-titled, right? And whether after listening to it I think it was because they just couldn't think of anything to call it <laughs> or whether or whether it was representative and I think for this one like you played deep inside I think it really was about this is who I am. This is me. Um and 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 feeling like more than any other title this was going to be the best representation of what this album was whereas I think other her other albums were more of, were more thematic. This isn't thematic. This is about Mary.
0: Well, we will be back with more of our conversation with Naima Cochran on Mary J. Blige's album, Mary, after a brief word from our sibling Max Fun podcasts, Don't Go Anywhere. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power.
2: I'd say comfort.
0: What do you
1: think of this? Oh. That's
2: Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now?
0: Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real
2: podcast. Does our podcast deep dive into the weirdest Wikipedia pages we can find? Yes. Do we learn about scam artists, remote islands, horrible mascots, beautiful diseases, and mythical monsters? Yes, 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 absolutely. And yes. Do we retain any of this knowledge? Eh. Probably not. I'm Emily Heller. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. We make art and comedy and TV shows and also the podcast Baby Geniuses. For the past eight years, we've been trying to learn new things about the world and each other every episode. But let's be honest, this podcast is mostly about two friends hanging out, shooting the breeze, and making each other laugh. We're horny, we like gardening and horses, and we get real stupid on here. But like, in a smart way. Yeah. Join us every other week on Maximum Fun. Baby Geniuses. Tell
1: us something we don't know. (laughs)
0: Yo, And we're back on Heat Rock's Talking Mary J. Blige's Mary with our guest, Naima Cochran. So for the life of me, I can't remember what the lead single was from this album. Mm -hmm. It just was. You know what I mean? There wasn't a radio hit that I recall, but that's just in L.A. Do you remember what was being bumped out there?
2: Um, I believe, I have to check, I I believe it was the lead, but it was at least a single, um, Love Is All We Need with Nas, Mm -hmm. I think was the lead single. It was um, all that I can say in Love Is All We Need were two of the singles. I just don't remember the order in which they came.
0: Which were both fire, and we will get into Mm -hmm. the specific jams later. Uh, It also wouldn't be Heat Rocks if I didn't share a personal story that relates to the album. And for this album, my story is one of my co-workers uh, was was doing a lot of things. He was a go-go dancer. Um, He also was an artist, that's L.A. though, and he also was a designer. And he came up to my desk and said, you know, I'm making hats now. Would you like to see some hats? I said, yeah, I'm trying to support you, supporting black businesses. So he comes in the next day and he brings me a feathered cowboy hat and matching bra. I know in my heart I'm not rocking either of these pieces, but I'm trying to support my brother. So I said, yes, you know. I'm letting him do his sales pitch. And the thing he says is, I made one in white for Mary. And she's wearing it in her video. And I'm thinking, she's not wearing it in her video. (laughs) She was wearing it in her video. And he made right. that hat, and um, I ended up buying buying both the hat and the bra. I didn't wear it either, I but love that. and uh, that hat she's wearing, I think, in all that I can say, that video. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to to my man's for his entrepreneurial spirit, and uh, I love that, and and the feathered hats and 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 a bra. <laughs> Um, I found the EPK uh, for this album online, and there's a beautiful piece in there of Mary talking about her working with Lauren Hill and what that was like. With the experience of the first time she heard the song, Lauren sitting next to her in the studio. Um, and so, if we could hear a piece of that, Lauren Hill working with Lauren
1: is like it was like the most pleasant experience, period, <laughs> out of everything because she was the first woman that I ever worked with producing why. She was very, very nice to me. She showed me what a lot of producers should be and what they should do. She was real fair with me, and she allowed me to be myself. All that I have to say is when I first heard this song, I felt like I was in, like I was on a magic carpet. I was, I was in Stevie Wonderland for I just was everywhere that I was when I was little. And I said...
0: <laughs> in prep for the chat, and I know you listened to both albums, what were the nuances that stood out to you this time? Did you hear anything differently that you thought, man, I'm, I missed that first time around or, or anything that you went back to that you might have missed the first time around?
2: You know, I am... Um, in my earlier listening to the album, Your Child was kind of a background song for me. I never really locked into it. And maybe it's... Not that I've had that personal experience, but maybe it's something about passage of time and getting older and understanding the weight of that from a different from a different area of experience I found myself listening to that song a little more closely listening to her delivery on it because I don't think I don't think Mary grew up with her father so keeping that in mind and then and then just also thinking like how it must change your perception of the man you love to find out that you know he he's ignoring um you know the person, you know, a, a child that he gave gave birth to. That so that kind of stuck with me a little bit more. I think I actually might have run it back because um, I just wanted to listen to how she was how she was singing it. And also, I was listening to Mary's choices in this album because that's one of the things I, I'll bring up when we get into what's the 411 is that one of the things that we love about mary is that she's so fun to her music is so fun to sing along to yeah and the reason she's so great to sing along to is because mary has an outstanding ad lib game um an outstanding riff and ad lib game and i was listening to the difference in where she chose to go by the time she got to mary versus when she started out with what's the 411 and there's a lot more she's just way more open i feel like with how her voice sounds with rawness in it, with struggle in it or with fun in it. Like I just, I feel like her range of emotion grew by the time we got to the Mary album.
0: 100%. And there's a lot of low register here. And what I've always Mm -hmm. liked about, um, about Mary's voice is, and singing along with Mary is it's possible. It's attainable. There's always a point where you might like a song by Faith Evans But unless you really have runs like that. You you can't always sing it. You're not going to go there. You're not going (laughs) to be able to get there. You're not going to get there. But with this, there's a reason why when you see the footage of Mary's concerts and the footage of her appearance, especially the essence that everybody's singing, it's because everybody can. It's because we all can reach um, those places, even on this album. So I'm going to ask you a tough question, but I got to ask you, because we ask all of our guests this. Okay, And that's... What's the fire track or what's your fire track off the album? It doesn't have to be the best in your opinion, but what's, mm-hmm. what's, what's the one for you? What's that oh, one?
2: My song off that album is the love I never had all day, every day. I yeah. don't to about that. Oh, it's, Oh, I go to church on that song. Cause for a couple of different reasons, the first thing is because it feels like it was a live recording. Um, and I just think again, shout out to Jimmy and Terry. Um, I just feel like it's so powerful not just the not just the song itself and also because i've, I've been that that's that's a story i've had probably okay. than one time um so that's probably why and i and i believe this might have come out at a time when i was going through it because there has to be a reason i connected to that song so immediately and locked into it but also um the arrange i just think the arrangements fire like I said, this one of the things I love about this whole album is that there's a lot of live instrumentation on this album, which was new ish for me. It was new for us to audibly hear it um on a Mary album. And like I said, it, there's live instrumentation on it, but also I just loved her performance and I love the background singers. Like I love just that whole song. I just I love it. It's a it's a moment for me and it's a it's a excellent sing-along like you can get all your performance drama everything out with the sing-along you know with the sing-along aspect is is great to perform to with a hairbrush in your house you know, the whole <laughs> day. The whole day. and it's a great it's an excellent car performance as well like you can just get it in on 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 love i never had i, I love that song i love that song
0: This this is a hard album for me to choose a favorite, right? Because there's so many places that I could go that I could say. But I had to, you know, go with what's the song that I would listen to first, right? If I couldn't listen in, in order. And for me, that's Beautiful Ones.
2: Oh, yes. It's, Be- it's so <sighs> delicate and soft and like, it. she leaves so much space in the song. Oh, I love that song. Like I said, this oh my god, this album, the love songs on this album are just amazing.
0: Key. And from the opening crackle of that vinyl sound to the texture, to the 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 real longing in her voice, um, to, to the lyrics, I'm just done. Beautiful, so beautiful. Ooh. <laughs> we both just shaking. And another our one with
2: great arrangements. Like the 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 chorus on this, the background vocals are just the layers, fantastic.
0: shout out rich harrison um how yeah. david uh chucky thompson uh, cecil ward and also credited on here is burt Bacharach. so i know this was expensive oh yeah uh but i gotta gotta love that one are there any favorite moments on this album that you have
2: um you know what i i would have actually gotten out of this conversation forgetting to bring up beautiful ones beautiful ones is definitely one um you know what? This is gonna be a cheat answer because it's a it's a kind of everything. The moments that I love on this album are the ones that remind us, and I'm gonna get into this moment young four on one. When when Mary auditioned for Dre, she sang Anita Baker. So there was a jazz sensibility in Mary, right? Or a jazzy sensibility in Mary. And I feel like these songs allowed her to go back there more. Than we've seen in some of her other projects, um although she always touched on it in her ad and and the songs that just showed us a softer, gentler, subtler like I said before, like like just like the album cover that Mary didn't have to come with you know an aggressive track, even if her singing wasn't aggressive, the track might be you know or or just come out with something that you could head nod furiously to or something that you feel like you need to drink some brown liquor with there was Mm -hmm. there was there was you know more space in there um in terms of the places that she could go I think it I think the moments I love are the moments that were the most like oh I didn't expect this song from Mary but it but it's perfect for Mary Mm -hmm. it was it was though it was those those times you know
0: I've long been a fan of skits and interludes. Christian can attest to that, voicemail messages. Um, and, I, and if there was an album, if I could make an album about my life, it would have to include some sort of skits and interludes because I just write for that. This is how you know I'm Gen X too because they don't do that <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, we love an interlude. <laughs> we, we Give us an interlude and talk yeah. about anything. Yeah. Uh, but I'm also a champion of artists talking on records. I want to hear besides you mm. singing what you have to say. So for me, it's the beginning of the love I never had mm. where Mary is just in a quick moment, letting us in a little wisdom, a little game, and then this heavy instrumentation that reminds you of something that would be on my life, right? Because it's mm-hmm. so sweeping and and cinematic and dramatic. And so yeah. that's my favorite moment when Mary's like, listen. And as soon as she starts talking, I'm like, that's me 100% all day.
1: You know, sometimes there come a time in your life when love something you have to let it go. And even though you might feel there's still something there. You have to wake up. You have to wake up. Stop living in a dream because it's over now. You gotta think about you. You gotta think about you.
0: Is there a song for you from this album that you think is a slow burn or something that people are sleeping on or something that you didn't spend uh, as much time with, but actually, is fire.
2: I think that I think beautiful, beautiful ones is actually a really great one that didn't get enough attention. It's a, it's a. I think if another artist had put it out, because I think this is the closest thing Mary was going to give us to any kind of neo soul. I think had another artist put this out, had a neo soul artist put this out, beautiful ones would have been you know discussed, played, you know whatever have you. Um, I, I think that song. And all that I can say, and I'm in love with you, or I'm in love. Mm-hmm. I think all of those, that trio of of like love declarative um, songs, people, I never hear people talk about those songs for Mary.
0: One of the songs that I think I didn't spend enough time with the first time around and mm. people overlook is Mary's take on First Choices, 19, 1977, Let, oh, no, Let Man no Man Put it Us Under. Yeah. And um, I'm a househead. grew up in the house clubs and loved disco. And if any DJ puts that on, it you it, there's just a storm of aunties and others and uncles running to the dance floor. <laughs> Right. And, uh, and and house fans can be um, a, a little precious about things that get remade. This was perfect because it added mm-hmm. Mary's soulfulness into, not to say the first choice. I mean, you got a trio of black women. It's 1977. Right. But there's something that Mary gave to this song that I thought, man, in prep for the chat, like, I really didn't spend enough time with this. But in listening to it again, I was like, this is fire.
2: I used to always love seeing what uh, update slash cover Mary was going to choose for her album because that was like the Mary signature. that was going to be one. But they are always very um, in and of themselves representative of Uptown. That song gets played in soul. What New Yorkers call soul classic sets today. <laughs> you can you can try. It's going to come before just us uh by um two tons of fun <laughs> and maybe like a Patrice Russian song. You know what I mean? But it's gonna but it's gonna come on and everybody, everybody knows that song. Like no matter what area you're from, you grew up hearing that song and you jammed to that song right now. So I think that also like I don't know if you guys even saw the clip um after Versus, there was a clip of DMX dancing to Michael Jackson's Baby Be Mom, which is another uptown classic. And he's sure. like eating and da- like, but he's like two stepping, and getting into it. Like that's, it's an uptown thing. So I think even that is representative of Mary's like New Yorkness and uptownness that she did that jam. Cause I promise you, she was partying. <laughs> to that jam in the streets coming up
0: yeah and it's such an unexpected choice given to your point the things that she's covered sweet thing i'm going down and then you get got let no man put asunder and i'm like well man whoever do what whoever was a part of this album and decided this was going to be thing, a thing a thing good choice on their behalf and christian if you could just drop in a piece of it so we can hear it Um, Naima you mentioned covers and uh, I sat down a couple mm. years ago with Gretchen Parlato um, to interview her about an album that she was promoting then But one of the things we talked about was her cover of all that I can say which is which was so surprising mm. for those familiar with Gretchen Parlato she also covered um, SWV's Week, and I think, SWB. yeah, she she covered SWV's oh. week, and uh, I'll play a little bit of that for you. But first, I want to play this. I think this was arranged by Robert Glasper, but it's her cover of "All That I Can Say." Like always. That's beautiful. Right? Right? And uh, this is a classically trained.
2: I was going to say, I think it actually lends support to the argument that this album was Mary veering off the traditional R&B path, even though it fits in an R&B pocket and and playing a little bit more in that loungy, jazzy space.
0: For sure. And this is Gretchen Parlato, classically trained. Um, jazz vocalist. She's a couple years off of winning the Thelonious Monk jazz vocal competition and she decides on this album. I think this might have been from In a Dream or another album. She covers this and she covers SWV's Week. And just for for Naima's sake, can you find that Christian online? Yeah, can we find
2: that Christian? (laughs) I was going to say, Morgan, before we get out of the album, the one the one criticism I have of the Mary album and the one thing I felt like maybe was a little off note, but it could I could also just it could also just be my bias was that um, she and Casey do a duet um, again. Not looking. Yeah. Yeah. Not looking. And I don't know that we needed that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't know that we needed them back together to do, and <laughs> to do anything for any reason. That was the one thing that to me, I was like, was this like formulaic? Who was sitting around and I was like, you know what we should do? We should do another Casey and Mary duet. Um, and I mean, the song itself was fine. I just don't know that we needed Casey and Mary rejoin. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know whose decision that was. That was a shocker to me too. I was like, hmm. Unless
2: I'm like,
0: why? It, right. Yeah. <laughs> Unless this was an olive branch of reconciliation to say, listen, despite what you may have heard, or despite the history, we've we you know, we're all good. Right. Or it was a very nineteen ninety nine thing to do, and you know this as an as an executive. We're gonna throw some songs on the album just to make it well rounded right because right. This, this this album also has a Diane Warren track and nothing says right. we're going to try and make your album well-rounded and putting like you on Diane Warren, <laughs> Diane Warren. Yeah. and and Eric yeah. Clapton on Give Me You. But yeah, that was a right. surprising uh, th- that was a surprising choice 100%. Yeah. If you yeah. had to describe this album in three words,
2: what would they be? I think they would be um exposed uh stripped And I'm still gonna say soulful. I'm still gonna say soulful because it is soulful. It's not necessarily the same kind of soulful that we expect from her, but it's still very soulful.
0: Normally at this time, we uh, make recommendations to our guests. Um, if they like this album, what what should they listen to next? And I'll start before I ask you, if you like mm-hmm. this album, then you should check out our next episode where we cover uh, Mary's uh, What's the 411. I'm not going to even what? make an album recommendation. Just go with me and Naime again where we talk about What's the 411. But for you, Naime, if folks like this album, what, what uh, piece of music should they check out next, Mary or otherwise? You
2: know what? I'm going to say if folks like this album cuz we had this moment um when we were doing PopCon, Go listen to Mary's live album, which I realized I had not spent enough time with. Um after we did after we did our PopCon discussion, um to hear more of I think a a, a more a, a raw or less pro- i don't want to say less produced but you know what i mean kind of like a more in real time in real way mary i would say i would say go to the go to the tour album <laughs> la, 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 la.
0: Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of Heat Rocks with our special guest, uh, Naima Cochran. Uh, what are you working on now, and uh, where can folks find you?
2: Um, so people can find me online um, on Twitter at Naima, Instagram Naima Graham, and NaimaCochran.com. Right now, Morgan, I'm taking a little bit of a sabbatical um you know 2020 was was hard on all of us but for me it was the first year I stepped fully into being a writer before I was anything else a writer and researcher before anything else I was a little burnt out my fourth quarter and um when your creative outlet becomes the gig you have to find another creative outlet so I'm currently taking a little bit of time to just renew and then and then jump back in um but I think I think maybe uh I'm I'm thinking about what the book idea might look like and I'm also working on um bringing music sermon back to a weekly to a weekly format cuz I've missed it and I, and I didn't have the bandwidth to keep it going while I was doing other stuff so I'm about to bring that back.
0: And for those of you that aren't familiar, scour the internet using the hashtag, hashtag. music sermon. Uh, oh. So you'll know what I was talking about in the intro. Um, thank yeah. you so much for this conversation. I've been excited um, to talk about <laughs> to talk about Mary with you. So yeah. so yes, and, and for those tuning in, please check out our conversation about what's the 411.
2: Yep, that's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. You've been listening to Heat Rocks with me,
0: Oliver Wong, and Morgan Rhodes. Our theme music is Crown Ones by Thess One of People Under the Stairs. Shout out to Thess for the hookup.
2: Heat Rocks is produced by myself
0: and Morgan, alongside Christian Duenas, who also edits, engineers, and does the booking for our shows. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher, and our executive producer is Jesse Thorne. We are part of the Maximum Fun family, taping every week live in their studios in the Westlake neighborhood of Los Angeles. On a more somber note, we want to acknowledge the passing
2: of Double K, the other half of people under the stairs, who unfortunately passed away at the age of 43 at the end of January. Rest in peace.
1: MaximumFun.org
0: Comedy and culture.